attempt number three. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast where we talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year. There is no offseason, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this on the 13th day of June 2018 from the beautiful campus of Pasadena City College in Pasadena, California, the hometown of Jackie Robinson. And actually, uh, this is where I'm standing right now. I'm looking at Robinson Stadium, which is named not just for Jackie, but also for Mac Robinson, who was his brother, who participated in the Berlin Olympics of 1936, the same one that made Jesse Owens so famous. And Jackie Robinson's brother was a nationally, uh, was a national hero, an Olympic athlete who at one point, not long after that, was a city janitor wearing his Olympic jacket as he was doing it. You know, if the world was different, that was, the world was in great deal changed by Jackie Robinson, what he did with the integration of the game, who knows if that had happened earlier, a generation before, whatever, if Mac Robinson would be a household name as well. One thing I'm almost 100% sure of is that if the integration of sport had taken place the decade before Jackie Robinson broke in with the Dodgers, I absolutely believe, and I've mentioned this on a podcast before, so if I'm repeating myself, you know, you got to deal with that. I believe Jackie Robinson would have been a football player because he was a star football player at UCLA, and he was a much um, more highly touted as a football player than a baseball player during his college days. And his background, his demeanor, his family life, his religious life, his army career, all these things made him the, the Venn diagram of what Branch Rickey knew needed to be for the player to break the color barrier. But he could have been, if that was not an issue, he probably would have been a football player. And who knows, maybe his brother, he maybe been known as, you know, Mac Robinson's little brother. But the recognition for Mac may be, um, you know, it's posthumous and it may be too late for, for him to experience in his lifetime. But here at Pasadena City College, they have the stadium named after both brothers. It's, the, it's not Jackie Robinson Stadium. It's simply Robinson Stadium. And I've also done a podcast from the City Hall in, here in Pasadena where both the bus of... The giant bus of both Jackie Robinson and Mac Robinson are out there. So, paying tribute to the great 42 and 42's brother while we're at it. Hey, I'm going to talk about a couple of teams right now. Now, I have talked about the Mets a few times. And the Mets are in an absolute, after their wonderful start, and... I'm covering old ground here, so you know, forgive me a little bit here. But they're 28 and 35. They started the year 11 and one. They're 28 and 35. They are now eight and a half games in back of Atlanta for first place in the National League East. I do not think Atlanta is going to hold on and win the division, but they're also seven and a half games out of the wild card. And the thing that's most startling about the Mets is we're here, we're now in mid-June. We're in that part of the year where you have to evaluate what the hell you are because the trade deadline is not this month, but the end of next month. And
and the fact that there are only two National League teams worse than the Mets right now. That's the Marlins and the Reds. Two teams that went into this year in full tear, let's tear down everything mode. You know, the Reds were awful. The Marlins aren't even, didn't even put a major league product on the field. And there's, I mean, right now, the Reds, the Marlins, the Rangers, White Sox, Royals, and Orioles are the only teams worse than the Mets. The Mets are in that class of the bottom third, maybe the bottom fourth of the league. And they have to do things to, you know, to boost. They have to start making some bold moves. A few years ago, the White Sox made some bold moves, including trading Chris Sale. And while the White Sox still stink, there's a tremendous amount of talent on the team. And you can see that they're forming something there. And no small part of it is some of the bold trades that they made. Now, I've made this point before. And I, the Mets are a team that can't even cut Jose Reyes, who can't feel, can't hit, and is an awful person, and is old. But <clears throat> there's another team out there that should be calling the Mets not every day, but every hour. Now, I'm not one to put together, I'm not a big fan of, you know, let's put together a trade. Mainly because I think it's a lot harder than people think it is. I think there's money to be taken into consideration. There are deferred payments that need to be taken into consideration. There are things like, you know, if you oh, this prospect looks good, that prospect looks good. You know, you don't know if there's medical history or something like that. So I'm, I'm not always a big proponent in, hey, trade this person for this. And also the lazy thing is, yeah, just train for some prospects. You know, like as, as if there's just a big bowl of them that you can come, you know, that you can reach into. With all that being said, I am going to do a little bit of that today because there's a team that desperately needs to trade specifically with the Mets right now. And it's a team that's not that far away from your, where your pal Sully is standing right now. The Los Angeles Angels, I think that's what they're called now. I think they're just doubling down on Los Angeles. I think they've dropped the of Anaheim. I think they did that subtly a few years ago. Uh, I still, in my heart of hearts, they're the California Angels. But let's just be respectful of their team and call them the Los Angeles Angels. The Angels are having a very strange year right now. Now, if you are following the last few games, Mike Trout has hit four home runs in the last two days in Seattle. He's the first person to hit two home run, have a pair of home run games in back-to-back days in the history of Safeco Field, and he's not even a Mariner. In the past 30 days, Mike Trout has an OPS of 1.137. He's on pace to have a quadruple-digit OPS plus 50 home runs this year. And but from who owns baseball, when you go to you know see my tally of who owns baseball, he's running away with it. I mean, and whatever metric you want to have, Mike Trout is picking the game of baseball, putting it on his back and saying, folks, let me show you how it's played. Yesterday, he had two home runs and made great defensive plays. But here's the deal. With each of those games where he hit a pair of home runs, 
The Angels lost both of those games. Now, the Angels are still contenders. Um, right now, they are, oh, you know, they're the first team out of the wild card right now. But the teams that they're chasing, essentially the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Mariners, and the Astros, they are six games out of the wild card right now. Six. They are six and a half games out of the lead for the AL West. They're still contending, obviously, if they have a very good second half of June and have a solid July, they can go into the trade deadline as, you know, as a solid contender. You can make that those amount of games up. But, but, bad things are afoot with the Angels. First of all, you know, they're, they're in the middle of a three-game losing streak, and they're a three-game losing streak to the worst team you can have a three-game losing streak to, and that is the Mariners. The biggest thing that was going for the Angels this year was the fact that the Red Sox and Yankees were going to beat each other up, the Astros are going to run away with the West, the Indians are going to win the Central, and there was that second wildcard spot, which was probably going to be between the Angels and Minnesota. And Minnesota has been, you know, they're sub-500 right now, and so that opened the gates up for the Angels to be one of the playoff teams this year, at least one of the wildcard teams where they would have to probably play either Boston or New York. It would probably be Boston. But now the surprising Mariners, who are on an unbelievable streak since the loss of Robinson Cano, have overtaken the Astros. I don't know how they've done that. And it's not like the Astros are playing badly. Not only the Astros are on are have a what is what is their record right now? Hold on, let me just check this. The Astros record right now is forty three and twenty five. That's a six thirty two winning percentage, which over one hundred sixty two games means they're on pace to win one hundred and two ball games. That's the Astros. The underachieving Astros are on pace to win one hundred and two games, and they're currently on a six game winning streak. That's the underachieving Astros. Do I think the Mariners are going to be able to keep this pace up? No, I don't. But do I think the Mariners have taken a giant flag out and planted in the pennant race in a way that I thought they were on the fringes of the pennant race? Absolutely. Can the Angels make up for it? Absolutely again. The Mariners are a team that have some tremendous holes in them. They are a streaky team. They can make up, you know, chip away a game here, a game there. You go into August, you know, only a couple of games back and boom. But there's more to that. It's more than just numbers going on down in Anaheim, where Los Angeles is. Shohei Otani. Remember how much fun... I'm almost like... He's almost like Mark Fidrich at this point, that he caught everyone's attention and then went away. It's like Fidrich had that one year where everything was great, then he got hurt, and it was never the same, and then he wound up dying on his farm in, in western Massachusetts. I hope that doesn't happen to Otani, but it's like he comes in and says, he can pitch, he can hit. Oh, can he? He sucks during spring training. Man, what if he sucks at everything? Comes out, nearly throws a no-hitter, hits a bunch of home runs, comes up as pinch hitters and gets big hits, and you go like, oh, my goodness. He's a good starting pitcher, and he's a solid hitter. This is terrific. It's exciting. Have a player like that along with Mike Trout's inevitable MVP that he's going to win. And now what do we learn? We learn Otani is out for the season. 
Maybe all of next season with Tommy John. That's what that was. All the hype and everything was to get two months of Shohei Otani, two months, and then see in two years. Is that really what just happened? And that psychological kick to the nuts with the Angels, along with the fact that they have company in this whole American League wildcard chase in a, with a team that shouldn't be. When you, when you remove Robinson Cano, you say Robinson Cano is going to be suspended for half the season and you're going to get a terrible start from Felix Hernandez. You're like, okay, well then we don't have to worry about the Mariners. The Angels have to do something. They have to do something because, as I've mentioned before, they have been handed an Olympian. You remember I called uh, Mac Robinson an Olympian because he, he was uh, played in the Olympics. Well, Mike Trout is an Olympian as in he was born on Mount Olympus. I know he was technically born in Millville, New Jersey, but that's maybe there's a part of Olympus there. He's a generational talent. He's a Mickey Mantle. He's a Frank Robinson. He, I have no compunction comparing him to players like that. Because look at the numbers. The numbers don't lie. If you like traditional stats, he's got them. You like advanced stats, he's blowing everyone away. You like to just watch baseball, watch him. It's poetry in motion. They have him for his prime. And baseball has this person who should be their marquee star. And someone who's a humble, good, solid guy. By all accounts with kind of a self-deprecating sense of humor, by all accounts. And he's played only three more postseason games than Shohei Otani, who only played two months. Baseball can't showcase their biggest player on their biggest stage. That is unheard of in most other sports. Look what we just had in basketball. Look what we just had in hockey. Look what we just had in the Super Bowls the last bunch of years. You can't point to a superstar that hasn't, especially in basketball, that doesn't get a giant spotlight on them. If not in the finals, then certainly leading up to the conference finals and everything. And here we are. The Angels are going to waste the prime of Mike Trout. And that's that's inexcusable. And they need to make a big brash move at this point. A big brash move that's saying, we're going to try to win it this year, and we're going to be in it next year. Which leads me to why two teams that are in a place of desperation need to be talking to each other. The Mets have Jacob deGrom. Jacob deGrom, I mean, I'm not a big win-loss guy. In fact, I, I almost never look at that. He's 4-1, and one, but... I don't, that's not what I look at. I look at the fact that he's, in his 13 starts, he's an ERA of 157. He's having a Cy Young caliber season for the Mets. And the Mets have him under control through the year 2021, which hopefully will be, a, you know, our second full season of seeing Shohei Otani. But Jacob deGrom is also 30 years old, and it's 2018. I'm not convinced the Mets are going to be contenders in 2021. And the fact that if you make a move 
for Jacob deGrom now, you'll have more than one season. You'll have a couple of seasons of him as he's entering his 30s, which, as we've all seen, is a very risky time for a pitcher, no matter how good you are. No matter how good. If you're a Johan Santana, you're a Tim Lincecum, you are a Roy Halladay. Once you hit 30, it's, it's, it could be a moment of, geez, it could go at any time. But the Angels, who have had issues with their starting pitching, need to make a move that's a positive move, especially because they've removed one of their reliable starters, Otani, from the situation. And if I were the general manager of the Angels, I would call the Mets and say, no one in, my, in our system is off limits. Nobody. We want Jacob DeGrom. Here, take any five prospects we have. Any. Now, part of the reason I say that, and it sounds like I'm, you know, talking a big game and everything like that. Joe Adele is the Angels' best prospect, and he's hitting a snot out of the ball. He's, he's batting, his OPS is 1.009. He looks like he's going to be another star outfielder. But he's 19 years old and in single A. He's not going to help the Angels in the next few years. Their second best prospect is Jemai Jones. Joe Adele, Jemai Jones, he's another big power hitter. He's only 20 years old. He's in high A right now. And Griffin Canning is another top prospect there. But again, he's 22 years old, but he's in double A. None of these are players. These are their top prospects. Well, their number one prospect going into the season was Otani. And Jaime Barea was another one who's actually currently on the major league roster and one of the pitchers who is pitching well. The reason I'm this bold about making, of offering the farm for DeGrom is that the Angels need this now. There's a sense of urgency now. They have the best player on the planet. And there's one slot to get in to win the West or to win the, one of the wildcard spots and then shots in the next few years while you have Trout. I think one of the biggest sins that you can commit is to have a player that great, have him play eight or nine years for your team, and what, make the postseason once? That's just, that's, that's unforgivable. And so a DeGrom on the Angels means they don't have, the, you, he can lock down losing streaks, he can give them innings, he could be that solid pitcher that they desperately need. And the pieces that they have, their top pieces, are two or three years away. And you have to ask yourself, some of those names that I just mentioned, Adele, Griffin Canning, Jones, will any of them be a major leaguer of the caliber of Jacob deGrom? The answer could be yes. And there could be something to say about quantity to the Mets. Take our five best prospects. Boom. You now have our five best prospects in your system to gestate. And we have DeGrom. We have the rest of DeGrom's prime. That may be what the Angels have. That would be worth it for the Angels. 
It may affect them a couple years down the line, but if it meant that it's helped put them in the postseason and a position to contend for a pennant with a DeGrom in their rotation and Trout in their lineup and and hopefully uh, a better rotation moving forward, then the answer is yes. Now, for the Mets, you can say that, I mean, they could probably do better than that. They probably get more players who are ready to come to the major leagues. But could they get a haul of five or six players that you inject into your farm system and develop? And if you wind up saying, hey, we get like this one really good major league ready prospect, where we get several players, which is like getting a second draft which is what the Astros wound up doing when they traded everything that wasn't nailed down between 2012 and 2013. They traded for volume. They just flooded their farm system with as much talent as they could possibly get their hands on. And the result was a team that won the World Series last year and is probably going to be a big-time contender for a World Series this year. Now look at I can always talk a big game about trading prospects for the for the present. Back in 2007, I wanted the Red Sox to trade John Lester and Jacoby Ellsbury for Johan Santana. That would have been one of the worst trades in the history of the game. But there are two teams here with a sense of urgency. And the, and the Mets' sense of urgency can just be summed up with two words. Matt Harvey. A few years ago, he would have he would have yielded Mookie Betts. Yep. A few years ago, he would have been looked upon as one of the untouchable pitchers in all of baseball. And then the injuries happened, and then he was dumped for Devin Mazzarocco. Look at how fast Tim Lincecum went from multiple Cy Young Award winner and World Series hero to designated for assignment from the Rangers farm system after being cut by the Angels. DeGrom's value is gigantic right now. But you can't wait too long. Because if he gets hurt, he's worth nothing. Hurt pitchers in their 30s aren't worth piddly-poo. So he should be on the market, and the Angels should be saying, tell, as, tell me what you want. Here, here's five slots. Fill them with any of our prospects. Because each one of those prospects, as good as they could develop, are not worth what a DeGrom would be worth now in a pennant race. Pennant races that they have to be in now because they've been blessed with the person who should be the LeBron of this sport. But he's not because LeBron has been in... LeBron has been in the NBA Finals every single year that Mike Trout has played in the major leagues. Think about that for a second. One player gets the... Now, LeBron has won some, he's lost some. But he gets that great showcase. Mike Trout got three games against the Royals in 2014. I bet even forgot the Angels were in the postseason that year. There's a sense of urgency for two teams... And I think they should be talking big time. The Mets could flood their system with some good players. 
It may not be the sexy players they can bring up right away, but it could open up and be part of a championship later down the line, much like what happened with the great haul that the Royals got with players like Lorenzo Cain in the Zach Grinke deal. And by the way, who did the Royals beat that year? The Mets. And the Angels can't waste trout. Maybe if Cole is still, uh, if a, I'm sorry, if Degrom is still good in a couple of years, he can pitch side by side with Shohei Otani. Think about it. Get on the phone. Meanwhile, I'm going to ask you to go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, so I have an iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. You can be old school. Send me an email at info@sullybaseball.com. You can check out MLBReports.com for up-to-date listings of who owns baseball. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Not proposing specifics in a trade, just proposing a trade happen between the Mets and the Angels. This has been Sully Baseball for the 13th day of June 2018. I'm yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.